Welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and with me today is Torpy White. He's the director of the Governance, Risk, and Compliance Services Group, specializes in IT audits. He really does a lot in the idea and the world of compliance and medical care, and he's perfect to have on this show because what I really want to do is talk about some of the things that we as physicians never really worried about, probably cared about before, but they're, they're key issues. One of them being compliance and, and the other using electronic technology and staying out of trouble but also helping your patients. So first of all, Torpy, welcome to the program. Thanks, Brian. I'm happy to be here. My first question, when you know, we hear the term compliance thrown around and I think we all know a sense of what it's, it is to be compliant, but what exactly is the term compliance from your perspective in your profession and the professional work you do? The compliance field is so wide open and you're absolutely right. It means a lot of things to a lot of people, but for me, when I'm sitting with someone like yourself and talking about where does that impact you, it's obviously HIPAA is at the top of the list, but then there's other things like in your practice, do you take credit cards? Well, there's compliance issues around taking credit cards and what do you do with that patient's data once it's in your hands? Even if it's for literally milliseconds, you still could potentially see yourself facing a compliance issue when you take that data from your patient. The other is there are issues with regard to do you work with hospital groups? Do you work with other physicians. How do they handle your patient data once it's out of your hands? And are they using the same diligence as you would treating that patient, both the clinical side as well as the patient data side? So there's many facets to it. Really, what I like to do is make sure people are aware of the fact that they can't operate blindly in their normal everyday life. They have to be a little bit eyes wide open with regard to compliance issues issues that could currently affect them or maybe affect them six months, a year or two years down the road. And when you're dealing with physicians and you're advising them, you know, what advice do you give? I mean, what, I mean it's, it's obviously you can't educate somebody in your, in your entire world of business. What, what are the key points you give? So the, the key points are use some common sense. Guard your customer data as if it's going to end up in somebody's hands that you don't want it to. So don't email patient data to somebody unless you know it's going through some kind of secure mechanism. Encrypt your laptops, encrypt your mobile devices so that if one of them were lost, stolen, fallen in the wrong hands, whoever gets it can't try and manipulate it to get that data. It also is your get out of jail free card in most cases with regard to HIPAA compliance. And finally, talk to your patient. Find out what they're worried about because sometimes a patient will share with you their concerns about their personal data that you may not have thought of. So when you're doing that, I think I like what you said about how it is had to get out of jail free. If you're at least making the attempt, doing everything you possibly can, that's a big start so that maybe if you work in a hospital system and they have devices where everything is more or less locked down or everything is encrypted, there's that layer of protection. So you're not just texting things on your cell phones. Absolutely. You know, that, that's another great example of a lot of physicians for expediency sake will have their assistants log into an account for one of the patient records at a hospital group they work with. You know, it's, it's not an advisable practice <laughs> From my perspective, I understand from a practical perspective, it makes life easier, but it can really open up 
a can of worms for the physician much further down the road. And it's it's just not a really good practice to get in the habit of doing. You know, one of the things we talk about is security and security in the general public. And let's face it, when we see things, I know I see things, I, I see reports almost every day where some department store has lost people's records, some bank has lost records, something has been corrupted, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands. I mean, you just see the numbers, but there's something about healthcare information, your own personal information, that losing it would be a major problem and there's a frustration and yet you see well if these guys can't get it right how can healthcare get right especially when we look at you know let's face it some of the emr systems we're using aren't the best to begin with yes you're absolutely right and that's that's why you go back to the common sense aspect because you can't control everything and there are a lot of emr systems that are antiquated they're being updated they're in the process of being updated so how do you protect yourself and it's changing your password, guarding your password for whatever applications you're using in your everyday practice and treat them as carefully as you would your patient data because that's the gateway for somebody to get to your patient data. And as a patient of a doctor, I would hope that you would take those reasonable measures. When you're printing something out, I I realize a lot of times it's much easier to look at something in hard copy because you can scan it quickly or you're taking it with you somewhere else. Treat that as if it was an electronic record and and be guarded with it. Shred it. Don't leave it in plain sight. Those types of things that really can go a long way towards making sure you're using reasonable measures. Again, back to that, somewhat of a trying to help you get out of trouble if you ever found yourself in. If you're using reasonable measures to guard that data, then that's going to help you in any kind of discussion with a regulator. Now, you deal a lot also with data analysis, looking to identify trends, and you work in that aspect. Have you looked at it as far as healthcare? I mean, are we going to be in a position where we can look at data for evidence to impact treatment and care? And have you done work with that or been working with others who have an interest in that? I have on scratch the surface. My prediction there, we hear a lot about big data And big data primarily has applied to large corporations that, particularly in the retail space or maybe in the automotive space or the the oil and gas space where the, the transaction volume is voluminous. Well, healthcare is headed that same way. And big data or little data is going to help us predict a lot of trends with regard to where patients are headed. So similar to you looking at a patient's history over the course of five years, 10 years, those trends are going to be much easier to look at electronically and with the amount of data we're collecting so that you can not only help diagnose and cure a patient, you're going to be able to help predict some things that could affect them even five or 10 years further in their life and start to put measures in place to maybe treat or prevent them from getting whatever that ailment is. You're listening to Primary Care Today. If you're just listening, we're on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, your host. My guest today is Torpy White, and we are talking right now about big data, a lot about physicians and interactions and his work in compliance. What about patients and their expectations? I mean, they obviously are out there and they're seeing all this data and they have certain expectations and Obviously, I think we as physicians have lived in the world where we're trying to come up with answers all the times. We're not perfect. But with all this extra data, I think a lot of patients think it should be easier. From your perspective, 
in processing all this stuff. How do you educate patients dealing with physicians as well, again, from your perspective? Patients, they should ask questions. You know, they should not be shy about asking what's happening to their personal data. Where's it going? What is it being used for? And where's it being stored? Uh, I know in a lot of cases, they don't read the privacy policy or the HIPAA policy that a physician's office or a hospital group may hand them as they're required to. But in those policies, there are mechanisms that a patient can follow and use to limit the distribution of their personal information. And I would suggest to patients to read that. Take the time to read it. It may seem like gobbledygook, but there are paragraphs that are easy to read and follow if you want to make sure that your data does not get released to a party outside of that physician group or that hospital group. What about patients who might get something that says, oh, your information may have been compromised, sign up for this service, sign up for that service? I mean, I know people who say they either from healthcare or banks or even the government, they've had two or three of those offers. How serious do you take them? How important is it to do that? Take them very seriously and follow up on every single one. You can't monitor your credit carefully enough. And that's really the window of the world to your life, to somebody that is either going to grant you credit, is going to rate you for insurance, is going to look to see whether you can afford college loans for your kids. There's so many factors that your credit report affects, you can't be too careful. So if you have a notice of a breach that may have affected you, absolutely sign up for the credit monitoring if it's offered. Even if it's not offered, go out and get your credit reports right away and look for anything that is unusual or doesn't appear to be an account that you own and start to investigate it. It's unfortunate that the credit bureaus force us to correct data that they may have either picked up by mistake or been reported by mistake, but you have to be diligent. I would recommend at a minimum once a year you look at your credit report, and now a lot of the credit card companies are starting to issue access to your credit score, which also, again, will give you an indication of how the world looks at you. So if you're a patient, again, or a doctor working with your patients, what do you do as far as testing to see if and when your patient's information may be corrupted? In other words, is there a way to tell if something like that has happened and a way for patients to find out if their health information is out there? It's difficult to find out if it's happened nefariously because somebody that wants to get it is going to cover it up. But there are certainly some reasonable steps a physician, a doctor group can take, a hospital can take to determine whether something's happened. Number one is train your employees. Do it at least once a year, if not more often, to make sure that they understand how important it is to treat that data carefully. Even from the standpoint of having conversations about it, a lot of hospitals, and I'm, I'm glad to see it, have signs and examples in their elevators saying, please don't discuss patient data or their histories while you're in an open space. Those types of things go a long way. Periodically, you may want to call in a outside agency to come in and really start to look at your IT systems. Find out if there are any vulnerabilities. Find out if you have some exposure that you didn't know about. 
an easy area that I would look in right away is all your employees, who has access to what portions of your applications? Does everybody have access to everything? or is it limited and segregated? It's an easy way to start to put in some preventive measures so that data doesn't get outside your four walls when it shouldn't. Well, I think that's a very important part for a practice to see who has access and who needs access for different things because clearly that can be a source of problems. Yes, absolutely. I see it very frequently, and the other part of that is terminated employees that did not have their access disabled, and they still have the ability to try to get to that data. Most times they don't, but it's an easy thing to shut down. What about people who may use the data, professionals, to find family information or things like that? There's barriers there that you shouldn't cross too, right? Yes, there is. And and that's where it really gets sticky because you have a family member and as the physician, you think they have the patient's best interest at heart, but you don't really know. And that's where a healthcare power of attorney, a living will, an acknowledgement from the patient is going to go a long way. Now, if you have a patient that is not able to communicate for whatever reason, then you really need to be careful with what you access. It's frustrating for the family but it's a good protection mechanism for the patient. We only have about a minute left in the program. I wanted to ask you, are there topics we didn't bring up, something that you thought was important going along the same lines of what we're talking with compliance, healthcare, and those issues? I think you're going to see a lot of changes in the healthcare industry over the next five years or so. And, and those changes, are some are going to be very subtle. Some are going to be pretty tremendous. I think where hospital groups and physician groups and and physicians' offices can really start to move the meter for themselves is look at their procedures. What is the procedure that a patient has to go through from the time they walk in until they leave? Is it user-friendly? Does it make the patient feel at ease? Do they have to do the same thing three or four times, either give somebody their, their data or get their vital signs taken more than once? Those things sometimes can be disruptive to a patient and make them uncomfortable. So it's wise to just step back and look at what you do from a different lens, and that might help with making the both yourself in your practice, but also for your patients, make it a much smoother transition. Well, Torpy White, I want to thank you for joining us on Primary Care today. It's really been our pleasure to have an opportunity to chat with you and talk about some of these issues that we don't think about a lot, but boy, they really are critical. Absolutely, and I really enjoyed talking to you and, and your audience, and I thank you for having me on the program. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit reachmd.com slash today to download the podcast and learn more on the series. Thanks again for listening.